0: Friends, welcome to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy My name is Pastor Will Mawala, I'm the pastor of the Para Vista and the Gawler Seventh Adventist Churches in South Australia Thank you for joining us This week's theme, Steps to a Dynamic Relationship with Jesus I love this topic, and today, uh, my co-host and I were attempting to answer the question: What is God like? Maybe some of you listening out there today, maybe have a different picture about God, or maybe depending on your how you're brought up, whether you went to church or not, you may have a particular picture. And what we would like to do here at Drive Time BQ and A is we want to explore that theme: What is God like? Who is God? What does the Bible say about God? And we want to unpack that today and for the rest of the week. And so today, my co host, it's actually a, a privilege for me as well. It's actually my, uh, can I call you my boss, David?
1: <laughs> oh, if you like, if you like, will you? are being very uh, generous. There, aren't
0: you? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, my co-host today in the studio with me is Pastor David Butcher. Uh, for those who may not know, Pastor David is our lead pastor of the Seminary Venice Churches here in South Australia. And uh, it's a privilege uh, to serve alongside him and to be in the studio. So welcome to the studio, Pastor David. Hey, uh, thank you, Will. It's so great to be here and also really good to be able to uh, um,
1: share with our listeners. And so we're glad you're online and you're tuning in. I think it's been about two
0: months, six weeks or more since I've been on on this program. Wow. I know you are a very busy man. And, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about... I know you've been overseas, so share with our listeners a little bit about that, what that was about, because I know that uh, you had some pretty important meetings that you were uh, went overseas for. Yeah, look, I think really since um, early May, I've been in and out
1: sort of thing in meetings, interstate, etc. But also, uh, in particular, um, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, every five years, uh, unless COVID interrupts that, has a, a meeting, I guess, like a business meeting, if you like, of right. its world church where delegates come from more than 200 countries. And so uh, I was blessed to be able to attend um, uh, that for about a week and, um, yeah, look at uh, the business of the church and also the mission and what God is doing through all sorts. Of places right around the world, and it's, it's just really, it's amazing to see how the Holy Spirit works on on people's lives, irrespective of culture or nation or or persecution,
0: whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah, when I heard that you'd gone, I was, I was, you know, excited for you because, in some ways, for us in the local church, um, as you would, you know, agree, Pastor David is. Sometimes we only see what's what's in front of us, and to go to such a big meeting like that where you've got delegates represent representatives from all across the globe. I think there's something special about that. And so um yeah, I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself and you're back on, on Australian soil, which is great.
1: <laughs> you know what, it's always good to be home, isn't it? And um you know, sometimes we don't really value what we have and appreciate yeah. what we have and you know to to see people from all sorts of parts of the world where um, they don't have the amenities or yep. the luxuries, if you like, that we have. And, and these people are so filled with the Holy Spirit and on yep. fire for God. And so it's, yeah, it, it, you come back and you it's challenging for your own walk with God that, hey, yep. you know, these people are so committed, um, given everything to the Lord, if you like, and, and for God and for His cause. And so,
0: yeah, we thank God for His people and Christians worldwide. Right. Praise God Well it's great to be in the studio with you here today uh, Pastor David So for the rest of our Drive Time and Big Q&A team We're going to be looking at this theme For the rest of the week uh, Steps to a dynamic relationship with Jesus We've got a book offer that we'll just announce Just very shortly But at this um, time of the program We share our World Watch segment So Pastor David It's a uh, yeah, look, it's it's, a, it's an article that I'd like to share with our listeners today, and, um, you know, it's a bit of a sensitive um, one, if I might add, because, um, you know, we, we just want to bring this before our, our listeners, just to, this is what's happening, uh, particularly here in, in our country, in Australia, so the title of this article that I'd like to uh, share with our listeners today, I really love your thoughts on this as well, Pastor David, and it's an article taken from the Australian Christian Lobby. And uh, the article, and I thought it we was a little bit closer to home in South Australia, it says, S.A., the title of the article, Harmful legis- Legislation sorry, for Gender Dysphoric Children. And this article was written by Christopher broyer I think his name is, uh, just a few days ago, June 28, uh, uh, 2022. So let me just read a bit of the article, David, maybe just um, bounce a couple of um, thoughts on it. It says here... Um, by this article by Christopher. It says legislation being considered by the Malanaskus Malinask- yep. government uh, could harm gender dysphoric kids as well as those who treat them. Uh, the article goes in to say that news that the South Australian government is considering, quote, change or suppression practices prohibition legislation is concerning to parents, clinicians, faith communities and radical feminists alike. Whilst all would vehemently oppose any coercive or abusive practice if they were occurring in South Australia, the laws proposed by activists are incoherent and potentially dangerous when applied to gender identity. Under the affirmation model promoted by Kelly Vincent, former South Australian MP, now policy, offer for the South, policy officer sorry, for the South Australian Rainbow Advocacy Alliance, Children who claim or are said to identify with a gender that doesn't align with their, same, with their sex often end up on medical pathways that involve puberty blockers, cross-sex sex hormones and body modification surgeries, etc. The Australian Christian Lobby ACL, South Australian political director Christopher Broyer said this, quote: It is of great concern that based on untested 30-year-old allegations from another state, A government minister is calling for laws to restrict parents from talking openly to gender dysphoric children, prohibit clinicians from providing responsible advice to people seeking assistance, and stop pastors or counsellors offering support to those in their care. The Malinoches government must respect those who voted for them, many for the first time, and refused to bow to activist calls to ban proper care and counselling, end of quote. The ACL calls on the Malinuskis government not to act on untested and irrelevant allegations, but to research, to consult widely, and conduct a proper judicial inquiry before considering legislation. Now, Pastor David, uh, maybe just a couple of questions as we kind of uh, discuss this. Um. As I just read that article, what, what's maybe a couple of things that stands out for you in, in this kind of, this idea of uh, a potential, um, uh, what's it called, a ban, a suppression ban, a prohibition ban?
1: Yeah, look, uh, thank you, Will. Um this is uh, really concerning. I guess we firstly have to uh, recognize that essentially uh, this article from the Australian Christian Lobby, mm. um, and there's a lot of good material there, but this article uh, says that, Legislation is being considered and news that the South Australian government is considering uh, a change here. So while, um, at this point in time, it doesn't look, you know, there is no, nothing else to suggest that, uh, there is something definitely going to happen here. It is very concerning. Yeah. So let's just say none of us know for sure yet what, what is being proposed, if anything. But it is very concerning all the same because hmm. this is the sort of thing we have seen in a couple of other states and legis- legislation- legislative environments, such as Victoria. Yeah. A- and I'll speak more about that-, that shortly, if you like. But this is really concerning because essentially, um, well, first of all, there were um, decades ago there was um, and even going back further than that there were practices that that uh, not mm. just religious uh, some religious people might have uh, used but also clinicians uh, may have used to try and uh, dissuade or change someone's sexual preference or supposedly their orientation etc and um, uh, I don't believe there would be Many, if any, Christians that would be would be supportive of some of those practices yeah. that occurred decades ago, but there is really—I um, don't believe there is, from what I've read—any uh, suggestion that those sorts of practices are being done today. It's more about shutting down yeah. conversations uh, with people, young people, or they might not even be young, that are considering uh, a a transition,
0: if you like, or, or change in their gender. Yeah, and just for our listeners out there, might be wondering what is actually a change or suppression practice. It's also being commonly called as a conversion practice. And essentially, what it is, uh, a change or suppression practice is a practice or conduct that though do- is directed towards a person on the basis of the person's sexual orientation or gender identity, and for the purposes of changing or suppressing or inducing the ind- individual to change or suppress. That identity, Um, so you know, you know, I'm a father as well. um, Past David, we're both um, husbands and fathers in the studio. I think the bit that kind of stood out for me is the quote by um, by the ACL political director Christopher Broyer, where he said, um, just in the middle of his quote, he says, um, "You know." Prohibiting clinicians clinicians from providing responsible advice to people seeking existence assistance, sorry, and stop pastors from or counsellors offering support to those in their care. So I was just thinking out loud. Pastor David is, you know, we're both pastors and leaders of Christian congregations, and you know, let's just say someone, a young person or whatever person, had come and wanted our counsel and advice on it. You know, obviously we want to go to the scriptures and we want to maybe give them a general picture of of God and and you know and Sexuality, I guess. And you know, as we do some more often than not, Pastor David, when we finish talking to someone, we, we generally end in a prayer. And I was just reading the article thinking, you know, if I had that conversation, whether we're not there now, but it looks you know, it could happen in the future that, let's say, that young person or that person I was, you know, chatting with, you know I could actually be legally prosecuted for that then that that's kind of scary uh, ab-
1: absolutely it definitely is now we, as I said, we need to remember that there is uh, it doesn't appear as though there is a okay. proposal put up yet oh, okay. how, doesn't how, appear. however it says that there's heard or there's talk right, but right. we haven't seen anything however, it is really concerning, and what you've what you've hit on is mm. is critical because it hits at the target of Christian sexual ethics, yeah. Um, in other words, the Christian worldview about sexuality, and the, the, I should say the biblical worldview. Right. Um, this is at loggerheads with that. Yeah. And the apostles said in in Acts, didn't they, that we must obey God rather than man. Yeah. Now, um, while it it sounds like it could be talk, um, I believe there is a. a sp- Either legislation that has uh, been enacted or being considered in Queensland, uh, in Victoria uh, there was a bill that was passed in uh, 2021 that came into act into actual being, if you like, uh, in February I believe it was of this year, 2022. Right. Yeah, February. That's and, right. and that, if if. Um, if what is being discussed here actually comes into being and if it's anything like what is in in actual place in Victoria, uh, we should be very concerned and we should, all Christians should be praying for their brothers and sisters in Victoria and other states and I believe the Western Australian government, the current Premier, has previously said that he would would like to follow with what's happened in Victoria and he considers what they have uh, put in place as the gold standard. So let me share with you some of the concerns I think from a Christian perspective Um, Firstly um yeah as ministers of religion or as chaplains or as teachers um it is very concerning but it goes broader than that right um it, it goes to even parents so you know someone might be back there thinking well I'm not a minister of religion well I, I'm, I'm okay mm. but that's not the case at all um it it can infect it can uh, impact actual Parents. So in Victoria, um, there are criminal provis- provisions in this uh, conversion bill that um, have penalties as much as or up to 10 years imprisonment and a, up to a $500,000 fine. Now, wow. that can all be for as benign as simply uh, teaching the traditional Christian view of sexual mm. ethics. Um, and it goes further. Um, yeah, as you said, a pastor who counsels a member of his congregation over unwanted same-sex attraction is at risk of of a complaint, even if the person asks for help. So in other words, wow. you have a church member and they come to you or you might be a local church leader and someone comes to you and says, listen, uh, <coughs> pardon me, I'm, I'm struggling with <coughs> my sexuality. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about certain things. If you give them advice, mm. advice, then you could be at risk of a complaint, yeah. even if they're the ones that come and ask you the question. Yeah. So this is really concerning. Uh, teachers in a Christian school, if they promote a biblical teaching of celibacy and abstentation from sexual conduct, except in marriage between a man and a woman, they might be considered guilty of uh, these coercion practices and face a police investigation. So wow. even for potentially, these are potentials. Yep. So the bill has the capacity to um, to charge people. Yep. Um, in it, there, there's a broad scope. So even a, a teacher that that teaches the Christian biblical view of marriage and right. abstinence and uh, sexual abstinence until marriage, could be considered for suppressing someone's sexual desire, even if they're heterosexual. Wow. Uh, counselors, as you've said, and parents. And so here's an example. A parent who 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 struggles with their 13-year-old daughter's sudden presentation of gender confusion and who oppose chemical and surgical practices to transition appearance that of a male could be made criminals and face jail time. Wow. So this is really concerning. Um It removes freedom of thought, freedom of conscience, freedom of religion and belief. Um, You know, surely the home should be a place to be able to teach children and young people uh, your own world view. Yeah. But even this is in question. So, (coughs) this is really concerning, really concerning. If it were to eventuate here,
0: as it has done in Victoria. Yeah. Well, we'd really like to hear what your thoughts are to our listeners out there. What, what do you think about this whole uh, article that we've talked about? Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. As we uh, discuss some of these things, these things are happening right now in our country, and uh, you know, uh, for Christians and you know, for especially for religious uh, leaders, um, you know, things that. We would do, I guess, as business as usual type things, counselling people. Um, You know, those days could be numbered, and that's that's why I want to bring it to our attention to our listeners out there.
1: And I think, will, with what's happened in Victoria, it's 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 really concerning because on the one hand, it'll give really young children as well as older adults the ability to make their own choices, which could be life-changing if, yeah. if they take, um, you know, uh, chemicals and, and um, hormones and all these yeah. things or even surgery. Life-changing that may never be able to yeah. reverse fully if they change their yeah. mind. So young people will have this ability of freedom to choose, but that freedom is taken away from their parents if they so choose to pray with them, to share a yeah. biblical worldview. That freedom is taken away from a grown adult. To share, wow. but it is given to someone very young the ability of choice. Wow. So um, we are living in a, in a really crazy world yep. uh, that is out of balance. Mm. And uh, as Christians, we need to hold and stick to The biblical worldview, whether it's this question, uh, whether it's a heterosexual sex before marriage, our position should be be a biblical position. Whether it's on other things, we're living in a world where the biblical worldview is being suppressed
0: and the world will reap consequences for that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Love your input there, Pastor David. And um, this is one of the um, pressing issues that are in our culture, where you know the biblical worldview is is clashing, as it were, against uh, I guess what the current culture is uh, you know implying and uh, advocating. So, thank you, Pastor David, uh, for uh, just uh, your input there in our World Watch segment. Uh, we're just going to switch gears now uh, before we head into our theme for today and for the rest of his. Is rest of this week So we want to give you um, Our listeners out there A free book offer As we do each and every week Our book offer for this week Is a book titled Surprise by Love The Unexpected Rescue of God's Children And if you want to grab a copy of this book This book is about the story of God's love for His children His excitement And the plans He's made to be together with us through eternity. It's also the story about the kidnapping of God's children and what He did in order to rescue them. Uh, the author of this first ever woman's sharing book, so for the women out there, shows how God simply refuses to go through eternity without you and me. So if you'd like a free copy of the book, Surprised by Love by Elizabeth Vera Talbot, uh, please text the code word SA59 to the number here, 04888. 80811. Uh, just one more time, the code word SA59 to And our friendly bot will get in touch with you and we'll do our best to get that book out to you as soon as possible. Please don't go away. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time Big Q&A. We'll be right back in just a moment. I but Christ in me That is City of Light You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A Myself Pastor Will Moala, And my co-host Pastor David Butcher Pastor David is the lead pastor of the Adventist Churches Here in South Australia Our theme for this week Steps to a dynamic relationship with Jesus We're kicking off this uh, new theme for this week But today uh, Pastor David and I We are looking at the uh, question What is God like? Or who is God and so we want to just unpack that today and the rest of our drive time team will continue along this beautiful theme about a relationship with Jesus. So Pastor David, um, why don't you, um, start us off about this idea of God? What is he like? What does the Bible say about him? And, uh, let's just, uh, see where the conversation goes.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Will. Um, you know, when I was younger, you don't so much hear it these days, but uh, in, maybe in the U.S. It's, you still hear it a bit. People talk about acts of God when there is a crisis or, yeah. or some natural disaster. They call it an act of God. Well, <laughs> I don't know about you, but what picture does that give? You know, if there's this massive firestorm that's gone through mm. or a hurricane or, or floods and you call it an act of God, what picture of yeah. God
0: does that... Not a very good
1: picture. Not a very good one. No. And then... Um, On top of that, uh, you look at some Christians of whatever persuasion uh, and um, they put Christianity in a bad light. Yeah. Or God in a bad light. And so people then say, well, if that's a Christian and they follow Jesus, then I don't want any of that. And then you look at some religions where world religions that aren't Christian, but they say they believe in a God and um, they put people to death by simply uh, not agreeing with them. What picture does that give the average person about a God? You look at a lot of wars have been uh, started over religion or religions being a part of it. Again, this gives a very, um, uh, distasteful picture yeah. of, of a God. If a God exists, they would say. Yeah. The media makes fun of God. In fact, the word God is probably uh, used, probably one of the most used words on in the media, correct? People say, yeah. oh my, and, and then what follows, but they don't mean it in the sense of the sure. God of the universe. So on top of that, Christians may also uh, have a distorted picture of god they yeah. might think that god is this this old man with white hair that basically yeah. has his finger on the almost the destruct button waiting <laughs> for you and watching every move you do just to trip you up and when you do trip up you can be sure you'll be punished right so this is the picture and and you know there are times in my life as a younger person where mm. that was a bit of a picture that i had of god that he was a stern harsh figure yeah um, that had to be obeyed, and it's hard to be hard to be saved and easy to be lost. Right now, I don't know about you. Have you ever?
0: Yeah, I remember um, when I was growing up because we went to the Tongan Church, the Methodist Church. and in some ways, it was it was more of a, a cultural thing just to go to church on the weekends. And so, yeah, just kind of thinking, reflecting on those early years when I was, you know, in in my younger teenage years. Um, I don't know if I really processed and really thought really seriously about God. It was just something we did, went to church on a Sunday where we sang some songs and then the preacher preached a, a message and then we have a nice big lunch afterwards, which is probably what I look forward to more than <laughs> anything else on that day. <laughs> so, um, and I think younger people, I don't know, just my own experience, I, I never really kind of looked at life through the lens of about this transcendent being and God and, and you know, all this, Big picture stuff. And so, so, Will, sorry. If I yeah. mean,
1: so, you've talked about transcendent. Yeah. So, by transcendent, we mean a God that is 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 um, over and above
0: everything. Yeah, and maybe not so near. Exactly. Yeah, and I think, particularly, you know, when I grew up in in my culture, it's it's almost like God's always been there, and it's just something you did in some ways. Maybe cultural. Yeah, cultural. Yeah. And so I, I don't really remember praying a whole bunch when I was younger. It wasn't never really ask questions about God to my mum when I was. We were driving back and forth to church. So in, in my in my ways uh, in my growing up, it wasn't really. Um, I didn't really blame God for a whole lot of stuff, or or even give God the glory for things. It was it was kind of just part of part of uh, I guess my my um, my upbringing in se- in a sense. So what, what I'm he- what, what I'm listening to, you,
1: Will, what yeah. I'm hearing, and, and this is a bit of a counselling session, isn't it, <laughs> on air to everyone right across Australia? <laughs> Go ahead. But what I'm hearing, <laughs> and, and I'm glad you're not in this place anymore. But yeah. what you're describing is not uh, is typical for many people, right? Yeah. But what I'm hearing you say is that religion was always present, Christianity was always there, but God was not personal. Yeah. So exactly. the Bible talks about a God who is transcendent, who is who is over everything and all-powerful and and maybe even distant. But the Bible also talks about God being, um, he he is right here, he is close by. Right. We have an imminent God and and that is very close to us. Um, But God needs to be personal, doesn't he? Um, He is personal, but we need to see him as personal. So I believe the first step of knowing God is understanding his love for us individually. Right. And that's the key, and mm. and listening to you, and I know what you're like now, and you yeah. walk with God, but listening to you describe your upbringing, yeah. and mine might have been, you know, different culture, but there are elements of what you said that I resonated with. Yeah. So we need to experience God for ourselves. Now, I believe the way that God uh, created this universe. When we read Genesis chapter one, after every day of creation, He said it was good. Everything that He made was good. Sure. A- and um, and so I believe that when we look at nature. We can quite easily see the hand of God. We live in a world that's distorted, a world that's decaying, a world that's full of sin and sickness and disaster and everything, but we can still see the hand of God in nature as yeah. well as in His Word. And and I guess, we Will, um, one of the texts that I really enjoy is uh, Psalm 145, verses 15 and 16. And it says here, The eyes of all look expectantly to you, talking yeah. about God, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. So this uh, text is basically saying that everything that is alive is reliant upon a creator God. Mm. Now that's a God that is powerful. That is a God that is loving. Uh, Philippians 4.19 says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So we have a God who shows his love to his creatures.
0: We have a God who shows his love through nature. It's interesting you say that, uh, Pastor David, because I remember um, in my, uh, my primary school years, we lived in Sydney. My uh, grandparents live in Canberra. So we would drive back and forth for the school holidays because my auntie lived in Canberra my grandparents are there and it's funny you mentioned that is because when you drive for 2 3 plus hours on the on the on the drive this was before the M5 was over there in Sydney you just see trees and, you know as a kid you're just looking out the window you just see you know endless just trees and you know, and i just remember looking at it like how boring and even Canberra itself, there's, I don't know, <laughs> there wasn't much there, I guess. It just all looked the same. But, you know, you're talking about God through nature. And it's interesting, I remember in my early, there was almost like a paradigm shift that you see the world differently um, when you put this this concept of a creator God. And what you're saying, Pastor David, a personal God, now you see Elements of God's character, you know, I think it's Psalm 19 where, you know, uh, the David says that the heavens declared the glory of God. So, you know, I, I certainly resonate there because growing up didn't really care a whole bunch about nature and I wasn't the type to be interested in, in, you know, flowers or anything like that. You know, I was a city kid growing up in Sydney, but, but, but becoming a believer is, you see everything differently. You, you do, and and now I don't look at the sky and the stars and kind of just oh yeah, you know I, I see it through the lens of of uh, of like what you're saying today, a a personal God, and, and if He's so big to kind of create this vast universe, as we're going to share today and and moving on is that He actually He actually cares about us, and I think that's mind blowing.
1: Absolutely. So, for a God to create such a a beautiful environment that even today has its beauty, a beautiful sunrise, a sunset. You know, I was recently in Washington, D.C., and there amongst all of these Smithsonian museums, uh, amidst a busy Constitution Avenue, I think it's called, this huge busy road, there are some squirrels on the ground beneath some big trees. (laughs) and And, you know, you just think – The way God made everything so intricate, the color, the beauty, the texture, the smell, that's not a, that's not someone who, who doesn't care. That's made by someone who cares. It it hasn't just come about a God has done that and he, he made this world when it was perfect for humanity's well-being and for Um, humanity to care for. He placed humanity in this beautiful place. Amen. And so he supplies the needs of nature. And he supplies the needs for humanity as well. Psalm 136, 136, verse 25 says, He gives food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. So nature and the Word of God
0: uh, are basically his lesson books. And you know as well, um, I was just thinking while we were sharing, David, is, look, it's just from my perspective. Obviously, I might be a bit biased because I'm a Christian and I see everything through that lens. You know, sometimes, you know, when you watch those those nature documentaries and you see people explaining this idea of creation and then they'll insert some of their evolutionary kind of hypothesis on how this animal came to be and how the flowers – and then even referencing us as humans. I, right. I hear it time and time again. I love listening to podcasts and I, I watch a, plenty of stuff on YouTube and there's always kind of – there's always inserted in, in there this notion of, well, when we were, you know, foraging around in the forest, and, you know, I kind of think to myself, and I watch these docos of these amazing landscapes and animals, and it's almost like like what Romans 1 says, that, you know, the Apostle Paul says, you know, we, something about we are without excuse, and I'm just kind of like looking at it through my TV screen and through my laptop going, man, that's th- there's a designer behind that, and people fail to see. Yeah, and it, it kind of I don't know because obviously they got their reasons, but but to think that if all this just kind of happened by chance or accident or some you know some colossal big bang. No, I'm not trying to ridicule, but but that's kind of what it boils down to. If if you can accept the first few verses of scripture that God created, then then everything else just comes into being because you're introduced to this created God. If you don't, then you're going to have to you know, come up with your own, you know, other alternatives, essentially.
1: So, nature shows us that there is a designer, there is a creator, if we have open minds, that cares, yeah, that provides. And so, what does the Bible then say about sure. God? What else does it say? Um, 1 John 4.16, uh, it says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. Mm. And he who abides in love abides in him and God in him. So the Bible says that God, his very character is love. Right. Um, 1 John 4, eight. he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So again, the scriptures give us this opposite See, picture.
0: And that's what you were just saying at the top of the show, um, David, is people's picture of God is skewed, Distortion. act of God. Here the Bible says a very different picture.
1: Well, listen to this one. This is one of my favorite passages, Romans 8, verses 38 and 39, and and I'm sure many of our listeners would know this. Uh, The Apostle Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. So... Awesome It's the love of God And nothing can separate us from that So we serve Unlike what society would like us to believe Or have us believe We serve a God Who is a God of immense and incredible love That just continues
0: and continues You know David I was at um, We had that men's rally Just a couple of nights ago And um uh, one of our young, uh, speakers, he, well, just one individual shared his testimony. You, you might know the fella, young Andrew Thompson. And, um, he shared an amazing story about how he, if you're listening out there, Andrew, God bless you, my brother. He was, um, talking about his struggle with, uh, anger mm. and how he grew up and how it just consumed him. And basically, the bottom line he said, when he fathomed this idea that God actually loved him, he said it was that that just melted him. You know, it it was that acknowledgement that there is this God that actually loved him. It, it just consumed him and just totally just changed him. And he said, he just said, like the anger just went because he 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 understood that he was valued by God. And I, I was listening to, it and I was going, wow, you know, that's that's the answer is why a lot of people maybe are in these cycles of of pain and, and hurt and feeling they're not worth anything, not feeling valued. And, and what you're saying to our listeners out there today, David, is, hey, there is a God that's presented in scriptures, a loving God uh, he is love He is love He's very he powerful essence. His character is love So what you shared is just really
1: powerful And it shows that it doesn't matter where someone is They are still reachable by God And I believe we serve yeah. a God Amen. And we see it in the Garden of Eden A God who is relentless Not in a, in a hassling sense But when Adam and Eve sinned We yeah. had the God of the universe Came down to this planet And he went looking for Adam and Eve He knew where they were Yeah, He came Looking for them He was relentless In his love Yeah I love that it. And it's the same With each one of us And, and um, you know um, Isaiah 55 7 says Let the wicked Forsake his way And the unrighteous man His thoughts Let him return To the Lord And he will have mercy On him And to our God For he will abundantly pardon You know Amen. we serve a God That is Never short Of
0: forgiving us yeah. is always there To forgive us When we yeah. confess Our sins And I, I And that's what We want to Communicate to our listeners out there who may be listening is whoever you are listening out there is you are valued by God, and don't believe my word or Pastor David's word. It's it's what the Word of God says. He is a a loving God, he, and he, you know, I'm reminded, uh, David Jeremiah, thirty one verse three. It says that the Lord has appeared of us to, of old, saying. Yea, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, loving kindness, I've joined you. And I just think mm. about my own story. David is, you know, when I was out there running around, you know, doing stupid stuff uh, in Sydney in my late teens, early twenties. Um, you know, I didn't understand this concept of a loving God, and and unfortunately, the world, friends, just things just getting in the way. But but what Jeremiah seems is saying is that. Could it be that ever since we have been born, David, God has been trying to woo us back, kind of like he's trying to reel us in. With love. With love. Amen to that. Yeah, drawing us. Whereas
1: what the world does, it imposes and it forces. And, and the very World Watch thing we were talking about, yeah. uh, you know, could be seen. That's. I would argue that some of those things we discussed aren't love at all yeah they're the opposite. So we serve a God who loves, who abundantly pardons a God who is love in his character. thank you will.
0: Yeah well hey, po- let's just pause there just for a quick uh, break, David because we um, just want to uh, promote our free book offer again uh, in our show. Uh, so if you if you're really enjoying what we've been talking about today, we'd like a free to give you a free book uh, to send it out to you. it's the the book offer is surprised by love, it's the unexpected rescue of God's children. And it is authored by Elizabeth Vera Talbot. This is a story of God's love for his children. And it's actually a story. It's the this first ever women's sharing book shows how God simply refuses to go through eternity without you and me. And that's what we're basically talking about today, about God's love. If you'd like a free copy, please text the code word SA59 to 048880811. Uh, that's sa 59 Please don't go away. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. We'll be back in just a moment. That was grace by City of Light. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. We pastor Will Moala and my co-host, lead pastor of the Adventist Churches in South Australia, Pastor David Butcher. Pastor David, we have just on the home stretch talking about this idea of God and who he, who and what is He like. So take our listeners through because we were touching upon you know God reeling us in with His love. Are there are a couple of other aspects of God that you'd like to share with our listeners today.
1: Yeah, look, absolutely. We're living in a world world, Will, of, of of this of a great conflict, a battle between good and evil. Uh, yeah. It's basically a scam, you know, and I thought scams were only modern things. Every day I'll get a few emails saying your antivirus <laughs> is, is expiring and it just yep. gets sick of them. But Sorry. scams are not new. Right there in the, the first garden on this earth there was a big scam. But even yeah. before that, Revelation gives us a picture and also Ezekiel and Isaiah of a scam in heaven yes. where a created being Lucifer, an angel, created by God who was perfect in all these ways until iniquity or sin was found within him pride and jealousy there was a war in heaven he was cast to this earth a war of ideals if you like or ideologies cast to this earth and his angels with him and there at the tree in the garden uh, hijacking if you like a serpent a snake um, he deceives our first parents right a big scam. Yeah. Ever since then, and in that conversation with Eve in the tree, uh, sorry, and she wasn't in the tree. The serpent was in the tree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think she might have liked to have been in the tree with the fruit, right? But he he basically said, "Did God really say?" He yeah. was really saying, "God's keeping things from you. You can't really trust God." Exactly. And that's the message that he has been painting of God ever since. He's harsh. He's onerous. You he can't trust him. He's not a God of love. So, why did Jesus come? No. He came to show us uh, several reasons, right? One was for our salvation, because humanity could not save itself. Only God, and this is a, again shows God's love. Yes. Only God himself, uh, who was perfect, could come, um, take on human flesh, divest himself of godly powers, and uh, by relying on the Father, only then could Jesus save humanity. Amen. Amen. So. In John fourteen seven, uh, to a question from Philip, um, uh, to, sorry, to a question, uh, he says, If you have known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on you know him and you have seen him. Uh, and this is what uh, he's saying in John. Um, and Jesus says elsewhere, he says, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. In other words, Jesus came to show us what the Father was like, right. to reveal the true character of, of God, Now Jesus was an express image of the Father if you like but all we see is this harshness, all we hear are lies and distortions so when we see Jesus we see a man who came to heal the sick to be with the underprivileged, to restore justice and uh, fix inequality and to care for the downcast and dejected, to touch the lepers, to touch the untouchable. When Jesus did these things and when he said if you've seen me you've seen the Father, he is giving us a an
0: exact picture of what the father is like. So you could could I put it this way, uh, Pastor? Because I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. If we're if we're trying to answer ask the question tonight today, today, what is God like? We can say, look to Jesus. Absolutely. If you, you want to know who who and what God is like? Have a look at Christ. Read the Gospels I'm getting some pretty evil thoughts in my head now, Will um, What you say is
1: true, not evil But, you know, when I was growing up I heard a saying They said, look, when you want to date a girl And right. this would be true of guys as well, right? When you want to date a girl and, and you're wondering whether you should marry her or not They say, look at her mother Because, uh, you know, that's how she'll turn out right. And maybe vice you. versa, right? Now, Jesus If we look at Jesus yeah. We get a picture of the Father But it's all positive Yep It's all positive, and I'm really glad I ended up with my wife because she is positive. (laughs) She's a wonderful, wonderful lady. So, Jesus came and lived this life to reveal to the world that Satan and his teachings and sayings are a scam, Uh, and God takes on human flesh. He takes on human nature, And, and... John 1.14 I love this verse And the word became flesh And dwelt amongst, amongst us yes. And we beheld his glory The glory as of the only begotten and Of Father. the Father Full of grace and truth yeah. So elsewhere in Colossians one nineteen, It says For it pleased the Father That in him That's in Jesus All the fullness should dwell yeah. In other words All of the, the God himself in Jesus Comes And lives to show us the Father comes and lives and dies for humanity to rescue us, to save
0: us. This is the picture of God. You know what I was thinking as well, David, um, in the few minutes we got today, um, uh, you you mentioned something about Jesus revealing the character of God, and I was just thinking just now um, that Jesus coming to this earth was to die on the cross for the sins of humanity. You mentioned salvation, and I think that's true, that that's why he came. Uh, to die on the cross, to be our our perfect sacrifice. But I think also it's much bigger than just dying for our sins. As you were saying, he's trying to show not just us, inhabitants of earth, but he's trying to uh, show the universe that God is love. And you're talking about the war in heaven and all that. So, And I was also thinking another way of looking at it, David, is sometimes as Christians and believers, we think that our religion as such is just about us, us. getting to heaven yep. and obeying and doing the right thing, so to speak. But maybe Christianity is not just about me getting to heaven and and doing my little part, but God actually wants to reveal the character of God uh, in me to to those around me. So it's not just about being saved, as it were. It's not just walking through those pearly gates, as as it were. But it's more than that. It's like God's trying to show... His goodness, his glory, his character of what, what it looks like through the lives of, of believers and people like you and I who have accepted that grace, accepted that forgiving power and then living that transformed life, not just so I get to heaven. That's That's a, self, that's a that's byproduct. A that, exactly. It's selfish. That's yeah. the word I was kind of trying to get out. It's selfish to think that my religion is about to get into heaven. It's about, it's about God's love being shown through me. And or not only shown through me, but he wants his love and, to to yep. come through me to others. So just wanted to, to so add words, that in there.
1: When we experience this love of God and we realise he's a God of love and that's displayed and lived in our lives yeah. through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ being our Saviour, then that can be an influence on someone else choosing to follow Jesus Christ. Praise God. So we see the love of God most explicitly displayed on the cross. Yes. You know, Jesus there, he he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Hmm. And... He experienced the weight of the sins of the entire human race. He experienced the separation from the Father. The Bible talks about the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That was ripped apart at the cross because Jesus had to become, if you like, sin for us. He yeah. didn't sin, but he, he bore our sin and sin and righteousness cannot exist together. Yeah. So when we, when we ask the question, what is the Father like? Is God really love? There on the cross, we just see this, uh, I was going to say beautiful picture, but it's, it's a shocking picture yeah. of uh, one who was equal with God. Philippians 2 says, you know, didn't think it, it wasn't robbery to be considered equal with God, but he lowered himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. God of the universe yeah. becomes, uh, becomes uh, a, 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 a picture of ridicule and hate and torture by his own creation so that he could save his own creation. Yeah. That's love.
0: Praise God. That's love, Will. Mm. You know, I I was also thinking as well, just thinking of people's lives who've been changed. And I'm sure, Pastor David, you have a a story, a testimony of what God's done in your life. I was listening to, you know, Andrew the other night, thinking of my own story. You know, we can share this to our listeners that are listening uh, today and throughout our radio ministry at Faith FM. But, you know, I'm reminded what. David the psalmist says. He said in Psalm thirty-four, verse eight, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him." And I just think David is—it's one thing, you know—we're doing our best to convey God's love here in the studio, and we're hoping that our listeners out there are catching a, Mm. at least, wanting to know about this God. But you know, you've got to experience God's love. And I was thinking of, you know, Andrew's testimony the other night is until. You know and sense, and I loved how you brought up the, the element of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit, God, through the person of the Holy Spirit, reveals to you, almost like shows you that inner, he, he, he reveals to His love. Um, it's that, that's what we're trying to get at. That, that God is not only a God of love, but He actually loves you and me. Absolutely. And, and, well, I just want to leave you with one last yeah. thought.
1: Some people might say Jesus had to die to satisfy God's wrath. Yeah. You know, and only then would God be able to accept us because um, Jesus suffered. Uh, and I want to share with our listeners that um, this great sacrifice of Christ was not made in order to create in the Father's heart a love for humanity, Um, so that he would be willing to save us. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. So the Father loves us not because of the great sacrifice, but he provided the great sacrifice because Because he loves us. Because
0: he loved us. So I want to leave our listeners with that thought. Praise God. Well, hey, guys, our time is up. Thank you for listening uh, to today's program. Please join Gary and Eric as they look at the question tomorrow, What is humanity's greatest need? Until then, we leave you with the words of Christ. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God richly bless you.